You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast brought to you by our friends at MyBookie. And guys, we've been saying it for a couple of weeks now. But this is the last warning you're going to get because time is not only running out, it is almost completely out. You have until Friday, I guess Friday at 11.59 p.m. to use our promo code at MyBookie. All you have to do is go to MyBookie.ag, use the promo code UGA that is exclusive to you guys to double your very first deposit. Make sure you do that. I mean, I, I've said it a couple times this week, guys, but right now, if you haven't, if you've been kind of putting this off and saying, you know, I'll get to it later. Well, there is no later. Now is the time. Press that pause button. Come right back to the podcast, but take a, like literally a minute to go in there, go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code UGA, and you will be set to go. But I am your host, Tyler, and back with me once again for our picks of the week. This time, week five. It's hard to believe we're at week five, but here we are is my coach, Charlie. And Charlie, well, it was fun while it lasted. We had a hell of a start to the season. We were red hot through the first three weeks. I was hitting 67% against the spread. Charlie, you were 8-2 and two in week three, and you were all the way up to 62% yourself. So through three weeks, we were about as hot as you can possibly be to open a season. And then last week happened, and um, it was, I don't know, Charlie, how can we describe last week? What was last week for us? Deplorable. Deplorable. Disastrous. For, for me, Abominable. It was It was not great. I mean, it was not good for me either, Charlie. I think it was a little bit better for me. I had more bets. I had more plays than you did. But it was still not good. For the first time this season, we were both under 500 with our weekly picks, and I gotta be honest... It does not feel great. I do not like having those kind of weeks. I'm here to give you guys winners, and I like to be right. Like, we all like to be right, and I love college football, and I want to be right about college football, and through three weeks, we were doing a pretty damn good job of that. Well, last week, yeah, uh, not so much, not so much. So, Charlie, when it was all said and done, what was the carnage on the week? What does your notebook tell us? Because you have the keys to everything. Okay, so... With Arkansas as a push, I went two and six. Uh, you also had Arkansas as a push and went six and nine. Yep. Neither, Not great. Not neither great. one of us hit our upset specials. Tyler, you're two and three on the year. I am zero and three on the I year. Will, I will I would give like us some credit, say, yes. My upset special was Missouri over Auburn. As far as I'm concerned, you won that, Charlie. You did everything right. You did everything right. You nailed that. Missouri, I can't even... like. If you saw the game, you know what I'm talking about. It's hard to even put it into words. Like we're talking about multiple, multiple instances of where they just absolutely blew the game. Not just one, not just two, a couple of different times, Charlie. And it was uh it was tough to watch. Yeah, I don't usually get excited about much, but I was like jumped up off the couch and was screaming. When they lost? Yes. And I bet you, I bet goal. you thought they were going to win. Like in overtime, when he was reaching across to to score, I bet you were jumping well, up and down and in excitement. Have, he shouldn't have missed the field goal. Well, no, Harrison Meva should not have missed that field goal. Right. And I, I was and that's what I was more so. I was like, how did this guy miss anyway, that field goal? Yeah, so not not doing well there. Uh, I hit my first parlay of the year. Charlie, one one. congratulations! I did remember to bring a parlay this week. 
Um, and an upset special. But did you though? Did you? I or did you? In. Or did you walk in here and say, "Oh shit, I forgot my upset special." Um. Well, I didn't say that. Uh, you maybe I think you said I don't have an upset special, and you had to. We had yeah. to like pause. We we couldn't start for like a couple of minutes there while you were putting it together. So I'm no, just saying, just saying. I wasn't gonna tell in the interest, that interest much. of full disclosure here. All right. Well, you barely missed your parlay. Yeah, I'm not happy about that. You missed one. as always one of the five legs, and but- it was the one I didn't want to put in there. I put it was I I had four money lines in one spread, and I put the spread I was most confident in last week, which was Tennessee, Charlie. Minus 10. I thought they were 10 points better than Florida. Charlie, Tennessee was 10 points better than Florida. Florida got the biggest backdoor cover of all time to cover that spread. And it um it only killed my my against the spread pick there. It killed that parlay. And I shouldn't have done that. I did that to add a little bit more juice to the parlay. And now I want to kill myself for that. That was dumb. That was right. dumb. But I, I almost I almost hit it. But well, unfortunately, almost, almost does not count. So it you're two count. and two on parlays. The season total for Tyler is 28 and 2. 28 and 2. Hell yeah, we're rolling, baby. 28 and 20, excuse me, which is 58%. And I am barely above 50, but above 50. Charlie, being above 500 is good. 18 and 16. Being anything above 500 is good. So hopefully this week will be better. We're going to do our best. Yeah, I I do. Which one got you the worst? Like, was it Missouri? Is that the one that hurt you the most? Yes. Yeah, Missouri hurt. Um, I, and I, I actually took your advice, Charlie. I, I thought about it after you made that pick. And I was like, God, I really, 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 really like that. So I actually put money down on that. And uh, Charlie, you screwed me. It was not my fault. There's no other way to put it. I actually blame last week on you because we had to record a day earlier than we normally do because of your scheduling conflict, which meant I had less time to prep, less time to think about, less time to get ready. So honestly, Charlie, I think it's, I mean, it's kind of your fault, Charlie. Well, but this week we're recording early because you're going to the Mizzou game, so... Well, this week if I have a bad week, it would be my fault. But last week, we had bad weeks, it was your fault. So you're just happy to blame it on me. Got it. Well, I mean, there's that. I will also say this, guys. It's still relatively early in the year. And the thing is, if I have seen both teams in a matchup that that I bet on, and usually I try not to bet on teams I haven't seen at least a little bit of, but early in the season, it's hard to have watched every single team. And I watch as much college football as I possibly can. I... It's it's Wednesday night, and I still have a game I'm going to be watching tonight from last weekend. So I watch as much as I possibly can with my schedule. But if I've seen both teams in a matchup play, then I feel I usually win those bets. Like Auburn, Missouri, I'd seen both those teams play coming in last week, and I bet the under in that game, nailed that. West Virginia, Virginia Tech, seen both those teams play, nailed that one. Kansas State, Oklahoma, I'd seen both those teams play, nailed that. USC, Oregon State, same thing. Arkansas, A&M, I know Arkansas didn't win that bet, but we at least pushed there. I had not seen, for example, Michigan. I had not seen UCF. I had not seen Washington State. And I put plays on all three of those teams, and I just happened to lose all three of those. So, Charlie, for me, it's all about have I seen them play. And I feel good if I've seen them play. But, um, you know, early early in the year, it's hard to have watched every single team. But the more we get into this, this is usually what happens, guys. The longer the season goes on, the better my bets get because I've seen more of these teams play. So, hopefully, last was the anomaly. I, I think it was. And... This week we'll be right back on it, give you guys a bunch of winners. But uh, Charlie, we got we got some picks t- to give out. So where are we start? I know you like to run through the schedule before we go to the full card. All right, we're gonna start with the University of Kentucky at Ole Miss game. Both teams are four and zero right now, so someone's gonna walk away with their first loss this season. Um, Kentucky had the big road upset of Florida earlier. But other than that, both of these teams have played games that they were supposed to win. Right. Again, Kentucky beat Florida. But Florida is not as great as we thought in week one when we first saw Anthony Richardson. Although he looked like a superstar once again against Tennessee, which I don't know, maybe that's more about how bad Tennessee's defense is, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. The spread here is six and a half, favoring Lane Kiffin's team. After my picks last week, I'm not sure about the spread in this one. I think Ole Miss will win. But the Wildcats could cover. Are you just gun shy right now? Like you don't want to make picks because of last week? <sighs> yeah. Don't get into your head, Charlie. It's one week. It's betting. You're not going to win every single week in every single game. You just got to brush it off. Okay. Thank you for the confidence booster. But the point total is 54 and a half. And I'm more interested in betting that line. So I'm going to take the over in this game. 54 and a half. Well, I, I don't hate that. Chris Rodriguez coming back from a four-game suspension. Their run game has been, uh, I don't want to say disastrous, but it certainly has been uninspiring, which is not... Very characteristic of Kentucky football teams because they like to run the football. Will Levis is Will Levis is doing the same thing he was doing last year against 
G5 and FCS teams, he puts up 300 plus yards passing. And the one time they played a power five team in Florida, he had under 200 yards passing. Here's another game for him to actually match up against a, a power five team. This time an SC, another SEC opponent. Will he actually put up better numbers than he did against Florida? I, I don't know. I mean, is the Ole Miss defense has actually been surprisingly decent. Not great. They haven't really played anybody either. Uh, but they have been solid. I mean, they, the thing is about the Ole Miss defense, even when they were playing terrible teams in the past, they were still giving up points. This year, they haven't really played anybody good, but they're not really giving a lot of points. So have they kind of somewhat turned the corner a little bit defensively? But on the flip side, their offense hasn't been, has not been dynamic. And that's why I'm going to stay away from the win total in this, Charlie. They run the football really, really well with Zach Evans. Jackson Dart's gotten, gotten into the game running the football. They have a freshman that's really run the football really well, Judkins. But their passing game, it's still a work in progress with Jackson Dart. It's certainly not what it was under Matt Corral. So that gives me a little bit of a pause here, especially I just have so much faith in Mark Stoops and, and the defense that he runs. I, if, I don't know if I have a play on this, Charlie. Oh, Charlie, Charlie. Am I talking myself into this? I'm talking myself into it, Charlie. Give me, this was this is not pre-planned. I did not have this on my card originally. But the more I sit here and think about it, give me Kentucky plus seven. Give me the Cats plus seven. I, in the preseason, like you, you can't stick on your preconceived preseason notions, guys. And I, in the preseason, I said I thought Ole Miss was going to go seven and zero to start the season. I thought they would win this game against Kentucky at home. But the lack of explosiveness in the Ole Miss passing game has me somewhat concerned because they they kind of hung their hat on that. Yeah, they run the football really well, but if you're a one dimensional offense, even if that one dimension is fantastic, which it has been so far against you know Baby Seals, Kentucky that defense under Mark Stoops. They're gonna they're gonna slow you down, man. If you're a one-dimensional offense, and I just haven't seen it from Jackson Dart in this passing game right now. And on the flip side with Kentucky, you get Chris Rodriguez back in the game. Well, I don't think Will Levis is a truly elite quarterback, but I mean, at the very least, he's a good, solid player. He's he's now a veteran. You know, had all last year to start. I, and that's not a hostile environment. I mean, did you see the clip today, Charlie, of Lane Kiffin just like bemoaning the fact that they can't keep people? First off, they can't get people to the games, and they can't keep them past halftime. I have not seen that yet. Your boy Lane Kiffin, you don't have him like on alerts. I it's been a busy day. Yeah, well, he's I, yeah days get busy. Yeah, he's he was not thrilled about that. So it's not. And if you've been to Ole Miss, like it's it's a cool town, whatever ish. I think it's overrated, but. The stadium is not a major home field advantage. It's just simply not. It's not big enough. They don't. They're not loud enough. They're more interested in tailgating. It's. It's not really that much of a home field advantage. So I think Kentucky. This is the noon game too. It's like sure they're gonna half that stadium might still be tailgating in the Grove when it's it's eleven it's eleven a.m. local time there when this game kicks off. Oh yeah, they won't be there. So I I think that negates any home field advantage. So I've just talked myself into it, and if I lose this, it doesn't count. Can we, can we go with that, Charlie? No, I no, I know, I know, I know, I know it doesn't work like that, but I want it to work like that. I don't think it works. It like doesn't that. work like that. But okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk myself into this. Give me Kentucky minus seven. Put it on the card. Okay. Plus seven. Sorry, plus seven. All right. Well, last week Sam Pittman and the Hogs lost in heartbreaking faction to Texas A&M. Faction? Fashion. Okay, I heard faction. Sorry. No, it, it's my fault. My ears are playing tricks on me. I'm uh, an they, old man. They'll be having a red out this week as they're hosting Bama on Saturday. Arkansas has one of the most difficult schedules this season, and I'm interested to see if the coaches and the players can stay motivated after last weekend. But God, talk about another blown game. Dear God. You know, usually when Alabama comes, teams get pumped up. They're excited. Yeah. They think they can take them down. Oh, they'll be fired it's up. Kind of like when Bama came to Georgia yeah, the 2000, last 2015. time. And we just got killed. Yep. So. Yep. The rain, remember that was how bad it was raining that day? It was horrible. Terrible. The spread is currently 17. I don't see a path to victory for the Hogs with the past defensive issues they've had. Um, I don't even know if they can cover. I really don't I know. I want to believe, Charlie. I want to believe. I'm not putting this on my card. I'm not so. putting it on my card. If I if, if I had... If I, I was mean, in, I hope they cover. Yeah, I'm, well, I have Arkansas over six and a half wins, Charlie. Right. So if they win this game, like, if they are going over. So I will be like, Charlie, I might have an actual hog on my head in the bar in Columbia, Missouri while I'm watching this game because that's how bad I want Arkansas to win this football game. I just, I'm with you, Charlie. I totally agree. I do not see the path to victory. They run the ball really well. And I will say, I do think that Alabama has been susceptible to the run game between the tackles. I don't think they're elite on the interior. They're defensive line. They're good. They're, those guys are good. They're just not elite. And their inside linebackers are... I mean, above average, I guess, but they, they are certainly, I mean, Henry Toto is maybe the most overrated player in the past 
five or six years in the SEC. That guy, I know he's a five-star guy. When he transferred to Bama, I thought he was going to be the, like, the savior of that defense, and that hasn't happened. He came back for a senior year for a reason. So Arkansas, I think, can have some success running the football, but the thing is, if Arkansas cannot find a way to threaten them through the air, it doesn't really matter because Bama's going to be able to load up against the run, and they will be able to stop it if they're able to do that. So the question becomes, can Arkansas do enough in the passing game to somewhat keep Alabama honest. And I I love, I love Kendall Browse as an offensive coordinator. That guy is fantastic. But I mean, it's very hit or miss in the passing game with KJ Jefferson. I, it's He's erratic, uh, makes some just like WTF decisions. It's like, what, what are you doing, man? Like, did you watch the Arkansas A&M game or were you asleep already? I watched a lot of it. So the the play that cost them the game, and you never want to put it on one play. I guess the, the kick at the end, you could say, cost them the game. But they were up 14-0, Charlie. They were driving to score again. And this dude decides, they were like actually inside the 10-yard the line, he, actually close to the 5-yard line. He decides he's going to like leap from like literally, I'm not even kidding, like the 5-yard line. He's going to try to leap up over the end zone from the 5-yard line and say, KJ, you're a good athlete, but you ain't that kind of athlete. And, huh, what do you think happens? Oh, yeah, the ball gets knocked loose. Aiden picks it up and runs it back for a freaking touchdown. And that cost Arkansas the game. And that cost me, Charlie. So I'm not happy about it. He is a talented guy. He's a tough SOB. But, man, he just makes some, like, again, WTF decisions. So if I had to, if I was going to bet and take a side, I would take Alabama on this one. But I, I'm going my heart here. I want Arkansas to win, so I'm just not going to put it on the card. I want to be able to root for Arkansas. All right. Well, we all know a couple weeks ago the Aggies lost to App State, then struggled against Miami, and then last weekend were very lucky to beat Arkansas. Mm-hmm. But they did leave Dallas with a win. This week, Texas A&M will travel east to Starkville. Now, Mississippi State and Will Rogers lost to LSU two weeks ago, but they bounced back and beat Bowling Green last week. I think there are still some unhappy players within the Texas A&M program thinking this isn't what they signed up for. And I just don't think they can score enough so I do think Mississippi State will win, but the A&M defense is still pretty talented and really good. So I do think it'll be a close one. I'm not adding this to my card. So what do you think about the spread in this game? Oh, Charlie, I uh, man, I have a like I've watched both these teams play a couple games now, and so this is one I actually feel pretty confident in, and at least based off what my eyes tell me. Now I know. The recruiting rankings tell you something different, right? That AM should definitely win this football game because they just recruit far better than Mississippi State does. But again, I feel if I've watched both teams play, I usually hit I hit a very high percentage of those games. And this is one of those games. And Charlie, I am taking a side on this one. I am gonna take Mississippi State to win and beat AM and cover the three and a half. The hook, I really guys, I if you were going to bet this one, I would wait and see if that line goes down another half point and gets down to three. I'm hoping it does. If not, I think I'm still going to take it, but the hook gives me a little bit of pause. I love Mississippi State minus three if you can if you can get that. But let me give you just some betting trends here. So A&M is 0-6 straight up and 3-3 and against the spread as an underdog under Jimbo Fisher. Not great numbers there. Now, I will say, though, on the flip side... Mississippi State is only two and four against the spread as a favorite in SEC play under Mike Leach. Charlie, can you believe that? He's been their coach for what? This is his second, third year. This is his third year, right? He started in 2020, the COVID year. Yeah. They've only been a favorite six times in SEC games coming into How this week. How many times? Only six times. He's two and four oh. as, as a favorite in SEC play under Mike Leach. Oh, that makes sense, actually. I, mean, I guess, but I just, man, that's crazy. I, I guess I'm used to us just constantly being the favorite. And that it's a different life, I guess. But yeah, I mean, so I don't know. Like, Neither team, the trends don't really point to either team here. So when that's the case, what do I do? And really what I lean on more than anything, not so much the trends. The trends, I think, just give you a little color. But I lean on what I have seen. And based on what I have seen, Mississippi State is just the better team, guys. Like you said, Charlie, I cannot trust the Texas A&M offense. I mean, oh, Max Johnson, like he's going to change the game. Like Max Johnson's throwing like 150 yards a game the last two weeks, guys. I mean, they've won in spite of Max Johnson. I mean, he has not been good. He's he's fine. He's he's stability personified. That's what he is. He is not a game changer. Here's the thing that would really concern me as an A&M fan. Noah Nia Smith, that's their best playmaker out wide. They don't really have many of those, of, of, of those guys. Evan Stewart, the true freshman, is probably going to have to be that guy now, but he hasn't been that guy to this point. They're going to try to run the football, but this Mississippi State defense is actually pretty good. Wheat on that defensive line is a really, really good player that no one talks about from Mississippi State. 
You have a veteran quarterback in Will Rogers. You have a t- I mean, just receivers for days that all seem to be able to go out there and make plays for for uh, Mississippi State. So yeah, I mean, look, guys, this is a game where it's like you think the A and M should win because they recruit better, right? But Mississippi State, if you watch these teams play, they are just the better team right now. And the Cowbells, they're going to be clanging, guys. They're going to be making AM fans want to dip their entire heads full force into hydrochloric acid. That's how bad that junk is. But I got Mississippi State here, Charlie. I think they're the better team. I don't love the hook, but I'm going to take it anyway. I just think they're a better football team. I do not think AM can score. And Mississippi State, I know the AM defense, you're right. They are good. But Mississippi State offense with Will Rogers as a veteran quarterback, third year as a starter in this system, they are going to do, be able to do enough offensively to win this game. Okay, well, let's stay in the SEC West and turn our attention to LSU, Auburn, and Jordan Air. Um, last weekend, Auburn needed multiple miracles to beat Missouri. Still very upset about that one. We talked about it earlier. If you didn't see the end of the game, they needed double overtime. Auburn scoring a field goal, followed by Mizzou fumbling a touchdown while crossing the goal line. Terrible. You're not doing this justice, Charlie. Horrible, no Harrison Mevis is one of the best kickers in the freaking country, and they... <laughs> Gift wrapped a 26-yard field goal to win the game. They set it up dead center in the middle of the field, and this dude pushed it right, like inexplicably. Literally, one of the best kickers in the entire country, and in the biggest moment of the season, they he blew it. I, it's hard to explain, man. Hard yeah. to explain. Brian Harson got lucky, but I actually wonder how many Auburn fans were disappointed they won because a yeah. loss would have given them the pretext to just go ahead and fire him. Uh, anyways, LSU is favored and rightfully so by nine this weekend. This is a night game, but I just don't think the Auburn players and fan base will be getting too excited for this one. Just like AM, I don't. Do you think they want the season to just be over at this point? Probably. Yeah. Uh, I don't trust the Auburn offense, especially against an improving LSU team. I think LSU wins this one and covers the nine, and I am putting this one on my card. Charlie, you and I are in lockstep with this one. I know that's a lot of points in an LSU Auburn game that's played in Auburn. But, man, you're right, Charlie. This this Auburn offense is bad. They are very bad. And I'm not sitting here telling you the LSU offense is great. They're not. I don't love their offense right now. But they are improving. They're starting to figure things out and kind of figure out what their identity is. I know it was New Mexico, but they did put up almost 700 yards last week against New Mexico without Kayshawn Boutte. So that's at least progress, moving in the right direction. And the LSU defense is absolutely legit. They are a top scoring defense in in scoring defense, total defense, and yards per play allowed. And you're right, Charlie. Again, the Auburn offense just simply cannot challenge anyone right now, let alone a top 20 caliber defense. Robbie Ashford is the guy that's playing quarterback for Auburn right now due to injuries. And he is a dynamic athlete. Like, this guy can move. He's, he is freakishly athletic. But he is beyond a liability in the passing game. Like, it, there was a stretch there. I think the, actually the first drive of the game, they scored a touchdown against, against Missouri last week. I think it was like a 15-play drive. They threw the ball one time. Now, they scored on that drive. You cannot make a living doing that against SEC teams. And lo and behold, they scored one more touchdown in regulation after that drive. So, I just I do not see how this Auburn offense is going to be able to score enough against this LSU defense to win. I mean, I don't think they'll be able to, to keep it close. Uh, Tank Bigsby is fantastic running back. You guys have heard me for years. I'll talk about, talk about how great this guy is. And he had a big week one going for 147 against Mercer. But in the three weeks since then, he's gone for 51, 39, and 44 yards. He has 83 yards combined on 28 carries against Power 5 competition. And it's not his fault. It's not a Tank Bigsby thing. Teams have no respect for the Auburn passing game. They have the worst receivers in the SEC. They have a quarterback that can barely complete a pass beyond 10 yards at this point. And the only thing Auburn has going for them in this matchup is the environment, a home night game in a very tough stadium. But you're also right about this, Charlie. How excited are the Auburn fans going to be for this game? You have to feel like most of them are just like, let's just get this over with, fire him. Like there, There's not any motivation there. Sure, they want to be LSU, but do they really? I think the... The long-term game here is like they actually want to get Brian Harson out, get him fired, and move on. So I just don't know if it's going to be like a vintage Jordan Hare night environment. So I'm going to take LSU, and I'm going to lay the nine points. Uh, put that on that card. All right. Well, the dogs are traveling to one of the best college towns in the country this weekend to take on the Missouri Tigers. After the heartbreaking, again, and mystifying loss to Auburn last week, the Tigers are now 2-2. Two and two. And now get to turn around and host the number one team in the Lucky country, guys. Who just so happens to be coming in angry after a disappointing showing of their own last week against a lesser opponent, which was 
the Kent State Golden Kent Flashes. State. Yes. Hey, that's a good MAC team, okay? I know it's a MAC team. That's a good MAC team. All right. I'm sure the crowd will be fired up at night, but something tells me that's not going to last long. Might be a lot like Williams Bryce a few weeks ago, and everybody was gone by halftime. Oh, uh, by, I mean, midway through the second quarter, it felt like. The spread currently sits at UGA minus 28 with the over under set at 54 and a half. I'm not adding this one on my card. Well, you know I don't bet on I don't bet on Georgia. I know, but what are your thoughts on that? Thoughts. Um. So here's here's just a couple of quick um, betting trends here. So we are currently through four games, two and two against the spread. However, we are zero and two when that spread is at least twenty eight points. So Sanford and Kent State are the only two we have not covered. So mystifyingly, I'm gonna steal your word, Charlie. I like that word. Mystifyingly, we have covered against South Carolina and Oregon. Big spreads there, but for some reason, I've not been able to do the same against Sanford and Kent State, as we have talked about all throughout this past week. But that's something to watch here, right? But this is a Power 5 team. This is one of the teams that, you know, if you look at what we did against Oregon, what we did at South Carolina, that we've had no trouble covering against. And here's another line. If you're, and this is not a, a, a spread thing. All Every one of our games this season, all four of them, have gone under. Missouri... Three of their four games this season have gone under the point total. So if you're going to bet on this, if you want some money on the Georgia game, I, I think we probably cover the 28, but I would lean towards taking the under if you look at those betting trends. And 54 and a half, I know that doesn't seem like a lot of points when you consider what we've done to Power 5 teams, you know, 49 against Oregon, 48 against South Carolina. So if we do that again, and we might not, but I mean, that's what we've done to Power 5 teams so far. If we do that again, all Missouri needs to do is score a single touchdown, even in garbage time, it still counts. So, you know, that is kind of low, but again, I you the betting trends, our point totals have gone under in every single game, Missouri three of four have gone under with their point total. So there's that. If I was going to bet on Georgia, I was going to bet on this game, I'd bet that. But in terms of how I see this game playing out, just kind of go back to what I was saying, kind of reiterate the points I was trying to make on the preview episode, especially for those of you who are unable to check that one out. But if you think about this, all right, so it would take a massive upset for Missouri to win this football game. So what is the recipe to keep the game closer than people expect as an overwhelming home underdog? Well, there's a couple of ingredients that go into that recipe. Number one, you got to win the turnover battle. Number two, you got to take explosive plays to take away the need to consistently put together long drives against a more talented team. You usually need to win the special teams battle, make some big special teams plays, force your opponent into some, some special teams miscues, or just hope they give you some, some special teams miscues. And you also need to win in the red zone, especially in terms of forcing the opponent to settle for field goals once they get in the red zone. Well, the thing for Missouri is... They don't win the turnover battle. They're second to last in the SEC in turnover margin. They've had they've turned the ball over nine times in the season. They don't hit explosive plays. They are last in the SEC in terms of explosive plays, of which are, in my opinion, plays of 30 or more yards. And against Power 5 teams, we are scoring touchdowns 92% of the time in the red zone, not as at as high of a rate against you know Kent State and Sanford, but against Power 5 teams, which Missouri is, we are scoring almost 100% of the time we're scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Maybe they win the special teams battle because as Curtis and I talked about earlier in the week, that has been a bit of an issue for us the past couple of weeks. But regardless, three of the four ingredients that I think are important to pulling an upset like this for Missouri or even keeping the game close are resoundingly in our favor. The matchup against Dominic Lovett, their best wide receiver who plays primarily in the slot, that's at least slightly concerning to me when you factor in that Javon Bullard's going to be gone. It's going to be probably Tyke Smith who hasn't played a lot of football guys in the past year and a half or so. And I do have a lot of respect for Eli Drinkwitz as a offensive mind. But guys, just when, you, when it comes down to it, they don't have the dudes. They do not have a playmaker, a dynamic playmaker quarterback. Brady Cook is fine. He's okay. He's a dual threat guy, but he's not a consistent playmaker for them. I just don't know where they're going to go to to generate enough points to stay in this game. I don't think they have the guys on defense to be able to slow down our offense, which has been dynamic in every single game, putting up 500 plus yards every single week. So I do, Charlie, you know, after the South Carolina game, I told you I was healed. I was in complete remission from old Georgia syndrome. And I had to stick by that. I stuck by it last week and kind of bit me, even though I thought Kent State would probably cover that because I think that's a good MAC team. But Charlie, even though it's a big spread here, 28 points, four touchdowns on the road against an SEC divisional opponent. I, if I had to, I would lay the 28, but you guys know I don't bet on Georgia, so it's not going on the card. All right. 
So those are all the SEC games. You ready to move into the rest of the yeah, cards? Yeah, I, I like this card, Charlie. I, I feel good about this week. All right, how many do you have this week? I've got like uh, 10, 11, oh, uh, 14, <laughs> a lot. Okay, why don't you go ahead and I started it start with 10, off. and then I added more. And Yeah, okay, so I'll start us off. Oh, oh I've already done Mississippi State, right? Yep. I did State. I did LSU-Auburn. So let's go to Friday night, Charlie. This is a team that I need to get hot real quick because I've got not a big – preseason win total bet on Houston, but I mean, I do have some money on them to go over nine wins. And the thing is, Charlie, they've already lost two games. So if we do the math here, there's room for them to lose one more game for me to even push. I do think they can actually run the table against their schedule. The the tough games are out of the way. There's no Cincinnati. There's no UCF on the regular season schedule, but it's got to start now. And this might be the toughest game left in their schedule, this and maybe SMU. But at some point, Houston has to figure it out. I thought this was a team with all the returning players they had, especially on offense. I thought this team had a chance to maybe run the table. But then Kansas got really good, and they blew the game against Texas Tech. And, like, it is what it is. They're sitting here at 2-2 two and two right now. But they're so much better than that. And, look, I know, guys, that Tulane upset Kansas State a couple weeks ago. And then Kansas State just upset Oklahoma last week. And so you're saying, oh, yeah, Tulane. Like, they're going to beat Houston. Sure, they can do that. But Tulane also lost to Southern Miss at home last week. So there's that. Houston does have a lot of vets on offense. Clayton Toon, I think Clayton Toon's one of those guys that's been there for like 48 years at quarterback. Tank Dell is an awesome wide receiver. He's a 1,300-yard guy last year. The problem for Houston is Doug Belk's defense has not been as good. But this is at home on a Friday night, a big division game. So I think the Cougars are going to get on track and come up big at home on a Friday night and not only take down Tulane, but cover the two and a half along the way. All right. Well, I'm going to go to the Big Ten to Michigan going to Iowa. Michigan is favored by ten and a half. You know, what are they ranked? Number four right now? Yes. Yeah, they're pretty good. We know, okay, last week the whole hubbub was that their schedule is way too easy. I mean, it was, it was a terrible start to the I'm not saying it's not easy, but I think that they're better than people are giving them credit for. I think they're really good. Um. So they I'm, got pushed last week by Maryland. Yeah, but I'm going to take Michigan right, but that's like our game. Sure. It was a wake-up call. Yeah. Right? It was their right. first test of the season, yeah. Right, wake-up call. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to take Michigan minus 10.5 in this one. Charlie, I also have a play on this one. I, uh, I'm i also taking Michigan minus 10.5. I'm in fade Iowa mode right now, guys. Like Until Iowa proves otherwise, I just don't believe Iowa can actually score points. I, I just don't. So I am fading them every single week, and I got Michigan minus 10.5 here. Uh, here's a, a solid betting trend here. Michigan, Charlie, is 11-4 against the spread since the start of last season, which is the best in the Big Ten during that span. As I have said many times so far this season, Iowa is just flat out an embarrassment to offensive football. I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's, I don't even want to say it's hard to watch. It's impossible to watch Iowa play offensive football because they suck. And it's like, I can't. Like This is just insulting to the game of football to watch that. Michigan did get pushed last week, Charlie, by Maryland. I think Maryland might be better than people think they are, though. But this Michigan team is just so much more talented, so much more dynamic. They're going to score points. I know the Iowa defense is good or whatever, but they don't have the players to keep up with Michigan. I know this is at Iowa, but like it's big big noon kickoff. It's 11 a.m. Central time there. So, you know what? Give me Michigan. I, w- I would also, this is another one, I would love it if it was at 10 and we didn't have the hook there, but I think Michigan wins this by two plus touchdowns. I like, Honestly, Charlie, if Michigan scores 14 points, I think they still cover because I don't think Iowa can score a touchdown against them. I just thought Iowa sucks. They're so bad. I don't know how Spencer Petrus is still their quarterback. It's just abysmal offensive football. All right. You want to take another bet? Because um, you have more than me. Yeah, actually, I'm going to stick with the Michigan-Iowa game. Um, so I do think Michigan is good offensively, but I, I do think Iowa is a really strong defensive team. They don't ever have a ton of like super talented, physically gifted guys, but they just play really good, fundamentally sound football. And they also, on the flip side, offensively, as I say many times, cannot score. So give me Michigan-Iowa under 42, Charlie. Iowa, their point total so far this season. And these are combined point totals, Charlie. So this is their offensive points and their opponent's offensive points in their first four games. They combined for 10 points in game one, 17 points in week two, 27 points in week three, and last week they combined for a whopping 37 points. So there's not one single game this season, Charlie, that an Iowa game has gone over 37 points. 42 seems really, really low, but again, I am in fade Iowa mode 100%, so until they prove me wrong, I'm going to take the under here. It's just bad, 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 bad offensive football for Iowa. All right. 
I'm going to stay in the Big Ten with Illinois playing at Wisconsin. Um, obviously, Wisconsin is favored in this game. But I do think that the Fighting Illini can keep it within seven, which is a spread. I really consider this one, Charlie. I um, like that. So, yeah, I'm going with that one for my next pick. Talk about bad offense. Wisconsin can't throw the football. Correct. I mean, they can run the football. Brayden Allen's a great running back, but they can't throw the football. And how great, I mean, how how much can you... can't run if you can't throw a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to be as effective running the football. You're absolutely right. So I I actually strongly consider that, but I have a play I like a little better on that same game. Give me Illinois at Wisconsin under 43 for literally the exact same reasons that I went over for Iowa. But this time, there's not even one team in this matchup that can score. Michigan can score. Illinois... They can't score. Wisconsin, they don't score. I mean, Wisconsin's averaging 17.5 points per game versus Power 5 teams. Illinois is averaging 27 versus FBS teams and 22 points a game versus Power 5 teams. They've been a little bit better. But it's also the the matchup, like schematically, what both these teams like to do. Both teams on offense want to play slow and grind it out on the ground. That's what they want to do. It is two fantastic running backs and two average at best quarterbacks. You're going to see a lot of run game in this one, and the clock is just going to keep running and running and running and running, and that clock's going to run out before they get to 43 total points. All right, you want to take another one? Yeah, let's go. Let's keep this thing rolling here. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out west here for this one, Charlie. Now, here's a team that I got to watch for the very first time last week. And man, I was uh, very, very impressed with them. Washington, the Washington Huskies are, they're back, Charlie. And this week they are traveling to Pasadena to take on the UCLA Bruins. Get this trend, Charlie. This is a great trend. Washington is one of eight teams left in the country that are 4-0 against the spread through the first four weeks of the season. I mean, guys, they are straight mowing folks down. Michigan State and Stanford, they beat the holy hell out of both those teams. I know the final score against Michigan State was like an 11-point spread there, but that is not indicative of how much Washington dominated the Spartans in that game. UCLA is also 4-0, just like the Huskies, but they have had far more of a struggle to get to that point. They had to kick a very last second. I think it was as time expired field goal to beat South Alabama at home a couple weeks ago. They got pushed by Bowling Green, at least in the first half of that game in week one. There's just something not clicking right now in Westwood. I know Dorian Thompson-Robinson, DTR, is back for another year. Zach Charbonnet is a really good running back. That's a great one-two punch on the ground. But DTR is just not a great passer. He's fine, but they don't have a ton of weapons for him to work with out wide. And it's, it's somewhat of a one-dimensional offense, but everything is clicking for Washington right now. Michael Penix at quarterback is a brand new man. I've never seen this version of Michael Penix. And man, like this dude is playing lights out right now. He has weapons all over the field. They're also a top 20 rush defense. And that's about all UCLA can do offensively is run the football. I think this matchup really favors Washington. And it's one of those games, Charlie, where I look at him like, I think Washington is better than UCLA by by, I mean, a pretty clear margin. So do the sports books know something that I don't know? Like, what do they know that I don't know? Because I think Washington, like, I think this is easy money, to be honest with you. But I don't know, those games kind of sometimes scare me away, but I'm going to go with what my eyes have told me through four games so far. Give me Washington to win and cover the three on the road in Pasadena. But Charlie, I know we got quite a few more picks to get to. Is we it- need to remind them to yeah. go to my bookie. Yes. And use the promo code. Yes. Because it's over on Friday. It's over on Friday. And guys, chances are like we're gonna post this Thursday evening. So either you listen to it Thursday evening, Friday, sometime on Friday. And time is basically out, guys. And I really want you to be able to take advantage of this promotional deal. I mean, it's a hundred percent deposit bonus, guys. You're not going to find a better deal when it comes to betting on sports. And it's so simple. All you have to do is go to mybookie.ag. Do it right now, mybookie.ag. Use the promo code UGA and deposit whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Just have some fun with it, guys. Put 10 bucks in there. Put 50 bucks in there. Whatever you're comfortable with, you don't need to break the bank. No one's saying go out there and like risk your mortgage. No, like don't do that. Please bet responsibly. But it just adds a little bit of spice to your weekend. If you love college football, it's hard to not enjoy some sports betting to put your college football knowledge to the test. We're trying to give you winners here each and every week. I feel great about this week's slate of games. Last week, it didn't work out so well, but hey, through three weeks, guys, we were killing it for you, and we're going to be right back on it this week. So again, make sure, take advantage of this opportunity, mybookie.ag, promo code UGA, so you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. 
Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right, well. I'm going to talk about the service game this weekend. Ah, service academies. Navy going to Air Force. And you made fun of me when you saw this on my card earlier. Okay. So, I did not make fun of you. This is a, I had this on my card, Charlie. Since 2005, the under has won 39 times. Yep. Lost nine times. And pushed and once. And pushed once. Coming into last season. Coming into last season. The under is 37 and a half, and I just have to take it. It's You see that number, Charlie, and you're like, Air Force is good. This can't possibly go under. But those numbers are real, Charlie. 39, 9, and 1 since 2005. Service Academy games have gone under. And you just can't, you can't bet against those odds. Could this game go over? Sure, it could, but that's not what the odds tell you. The odds overwhelmingly tell you who cares how low the, the total is. Take the under in a service academy game. So, Charlie, I was not making fun of you. I was just giving you a hard time. But I also have the same pick. Give me Navy Air Force under 37 and a half. Like the football mind in me says there's no way this goes under, but the numbers tell us differently. And, Charlie, we got to go with the numbers on this one. Okay, I'm going to go to the Big 12 now with Oklahoma State and Baylor. Game's at Baylor this weekend. It's at Baylor. Yes. Okay, yeah. Mm, Baylor's done pretty well this season. They have. Uh, I'm not going to pick the winner or bet against the spread, but I'm going to take the over 54 and a half. You still believe in Spencer Sanders at Oklahoma State? I think you can do it Senior now. quarterback, he's been around for a long time. They, they, they've actually they've been better this year than I thought they would be. I thought they lost a lot last year. Defensively, they're not good. Um, offensively, though, they, they are putting up points. And that, that kind of goes to your, to your advantage here, Charlie. The Oklahoma State defense without Jim Knowles has not been good. So I don't hate that pick at all. So you got the, the over 54 and a half. Is that what it was, 54 and a half? Yeah. 54 and a half. I like that. I actually like that. All right. I'm going to go back to the Big Ten here. And this is a team that um, I think I nailed in the preseason. I, I, I said in the preseason, I thought Minnesota was going to win the Big Ten West. I felt good about that. I know people say, oh, what about Wisconsin? What Purdue was a popular pick. Nebraska was a popular pick. And I was like, nah, man, Minnesota, like they won nine games last year. People don't realize that they won nine games last year and they couldn't move the ball on offense. But Kirk Shiraka came back as our offensive coordinator. And remember when they won 10 games, Charlie? They beat Penn State a yes. couple years back. Kirk Shiraka was our offensive coordinator then. And he has reunited with Tanner Morgan at quarterback. Morgan was not good last year. But their offensive system was an absolute disaster. With Shiraka back, Tanner Morgan is, he's turned back time. He's turned back the clock. And this guy is the old version of himself, the best version of himself. And Minnesota is, I mean, guys, they are flat out murdering people. It's not even close right now. This team is, like, I thought they'd be good. I thought they'd win the West. They are way better than I thought they would be. They are They are also one of eight teams. I got a couple of these teams this week. They are also one of eight teams that are 4-0 against the spread through four weeks. In fact, here's this is what makes this even more impressive. Not only is Minnesota 4-0 against the spread through the first four weeks, they have been double-digit favorites in three out of four of those games, and they've still covered. So when I say they're just flat-out murdering people, I mean it. They are murdering people. And then for Purdue, which was a, a that was a popular pick in the preseason to take the next step, it doesn't, like Aiden O'Connell did not play last week, which I'm pissed about. I lost that game. It was one of the games I lost. I had them covering, what, was like 20 or something against Florida Atlantic at home. And what I, I knew that there was some question there. He got a little bit dinged up against Syracuse. But what I had read when we did the show, and Charlie, it's your fault because you made us do this show a week early, case in point, or a day early. I had heard that Aiden O'Connell looked like he was going to play. It was likely he was going to play. Well, Aiden O'Connell did not play, and they end up beating 
FAU by two at home. And looking at it right now, there's still a lot of question about whether Aiden O'Connell is going to play in this game. In fact, it based off Brahms' comments yesterday, I believe it was, it does not seem likely he will play. So if Aiden O'Connell does not play for Purdue, I mean, I'm taking this one all day long. Like literally take it and sprint full speed. Put everything you got into it and run and put this bet down, guys, because there's no way Purdue's going to cover that, that 12 and a half if Aiden O'Connell is not playing. So give me Minnesota. They're, guys, Minnesota's 80. They're outscoring Power 5 opponents 83 to 14 right now, guys. 83 to 14. So I love this one, Charlie. Give me Minnesota minus 12 and a half. I know it's on the road, but the Gophers are flat out rolling right now. Okay, well, I'll stay in the Big Ten then. Rutgers is playing at Ohio State. Obviously, they have no chance of winning. Ohio State has started to look like Ohio State the past mm, they couple are, weeks. Offensively, they are clicking. Um, the spread is 40 and a half, though, which I feel like that's a lot. 40 and a half is... Um, that's a lot, but it's also Rutgers, Charlie. They are right. great. But maybe they'll be Ohio State will be like Georgia and play down a little bit. Ryan Day's an asshole. I mean, <laughs> I yeah. don't think he really does that, but maybe. Maybe. But I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take Rutgers plus four. I think this is a heart this is a heart play for Charlie. Yeah. You just hate you hate Ohio State. I do. You hate Ohio State. So okay, that's a heart play. And I respect I respect a good heart play here and there. Uh all right, me? You want me to go? Yeah. I have a lot more. Uh, you make, Why don't you go to? You do two here. All right, let's go. Let's go back out west. Let's go to Oregon State at Utah. I do think Utah wins this game, but I really liked what I saw from Oregon State last week against USC. This is a team. I, I this is one I got right last week. I felt like they were able to run the ball. I don't believe in USC's defense right now. I don't think. I don't think USC honestly been challenged coming into that game. Oregon State is another one of these teams, guys, that is one of eight teams in the country that is still 4-0 against the spread right now through four weeks. In fact, Oregon State is 4-0 against the spread as a double-digit underdog since going back to the start of 2020. Oregon State is also 10-2 against the spread as a road dog since 2019, which is the best percentage among Power 5 teams in that time span. So, the trends are screaming Oregon State in this game. I do think Utah is the better team, but honestly, guys, these teams are very similar. They both want to establish the run game. They want to hit play-action shots off. That They want to play good, solid, hard-nosed defense. It's at Utah that gives them the advantage there, and I do think Utah is a little bit more talent than Oregon State, but I don't think the talent gap is all that wide. I think Jonathan Smith has done a really, really, really good job, a very underrated job with the Beavers at Oregon State. So give me Oregon State. If I'm getting 10 and a half, I love that hook. Usually I hate the hook. In this case, I love that hook. So give me the Beavers plus 10.5 on the road at Utah. All right, give us one more. All right, I'm going to go to the ACC here. Give me uh, give me the over. Charlie, this one, I don't, this is another one. It's like, how is this the over in this game? North Carolina versus Virginia Tech. They're hosting the Hokies. Give me over 51.5, Charlie. 51.5, like, okay. I mean, I guess... If you look at it, Virginia Tech has only scored 18.5 points per game against Power 5 teams. That sucks. They're not good offensively. But here's the thing, guys. North Carolina is giving up 40 freaking points a game. They're giving up 45 points a game against FBS teams. They cannot stop anyone or anything. But North Carolina can also score on anyone. They have not scored less than 32 points in a single game all season long. They are going to score on Virginia Tech at home. That's going to happen. Virginia Tech, this is not Bud Foster's defense. They're going to score points. West Virginia was able to move the football, and North Carolina has a much better offense than Virginia Tech. They're going to score. But North Carolina is also going to give up a lot of points because that's what North Carolina does. That's simply what they do. So 51 and a half. I honestly, guys, I'm putting quite a few units on this. I'm probably going to go like four or five units on this one. I feel really, really, really good about this one. So give me UNC VT over 51 and a half. Okay, I'm going to take UNC in that game minus nine. You put a lot of faith in that defense, Charlie. But they're playing Virginia Tech, and I like Drake May at quarterback, and Josh Downs is back at receiver. So... You know, I, I, I'm just messing with you, Charlie. I, that's a good pick. I don't, I don't hate that. I just like, I like the total better. I mean, 51 and a half, and the answer screaming, give me money. All right, so you're taking North Carolina minus nine at home. All right, my turn. Yeah. All right, let's do this. I got, man, I got a couple more here, Charlie. How many do you have left? Oh, who knows? I, it just goes on for infinity. I like college football, Charlie. How many? Seriously, 
seriously though, how many do you have left? I've got, let's see, uh, I did Illinois-Wisconsin already, right? Yeah. So I got one, two, three against the spread, I got upset special, got parlays. Okay, I only have two left. All right, I'm going to give you one. I'm going to give you one, and then you give me one. We'll take a quick break after that. Taking turns. Okay, got it. Yes, I guess that's what it's called. It's called taking turns. Mm -hmm. So um, let's go to the hottest name in college football, Charlie. And no, it's not our beloved Georgia Bulldogs. It's the Kansas Jayhawks. I mean, they are. Like everyone, all anyone ever is talking about now is Kansas this, Kansas that. And it's like, yeah, I get it. Good start. But dear God, like, do we have to always talk about Kansas? But you know what, Charlie? The run ends here. Iowa State's coming to town. They're heading to Lawrence. And Iowa State is by far the best defense Kansas has faced. Jalen Daniels, at quarterback, I, I get it, guys. I've watched a guy play. He's very good at Kansas. But he is the entire show for them. Throwing the ball, running the ball. Like, he is everything for that team. Matt Campbell, John Heacock, defense coordinator at Iowa State. I have a lot of respect for them defensively, and I believe they can game plan to take away Jalen Daniels or to at least limit him. Iowa State has some weapons offensively as well. I, I just I like Lance Leipold is a fantastic coach, and he's getting a, a lot of very deserved, well deserved credit. Matt Campbell is also a really good coach, Charlie. He's been doing this a while himself. Give me Iowa State to go into Lawrence and end Kansas's dream season. I guess it's still a dream season for Kansas, but end the run here, and hand them their first loss. Where are you going? I'm going to NC State at Clemson. Clemson barely won last weekend when yep, they played barely. at Wake. Um, I just read um, something on Twitter where they were talking about how the Wake Forest special teams just kept kicking to Dabo's son. Pretty and much, it yeah. worked charmingly. Yeah. So yeah. that was that was fun. Um, I'm not gonna pick against the spread in this game. I'm gonna take the under 43. Charlie, I also have a play on this game, but we're gonna do what they call in the industry a tease. We'll get to that right after this break because I gotta make sure to tell everyone about our friends at Alumni Hall. Guys, Alumni Hall has been treating me far better than I deserve to be treated for a long time now, really since they've opened. Once they open here in Athens, I don't know what. What do you think, Charlie? Six, seven, eight years ago? It's been a minute. But my life was changed forever, Charlie, because all the other stores I used to get my Georgia gear at, I got to be honest, they're dead to me. Alumni Hall has everything you need, guys. Everything I want, everything I need, everything I don't even know that I want need, they've got it. And people are starting to ask for Christmas gifts. Yep, it's lists. It's getting close, guys. Yeah, I know. I've had people asking me what I want for Christmas, and I'm like, I'm grown. Please don't ask me for Christmas. <laughs> I just but, people know what I want. Something with a G. Yes, that's people know for what you, I want. That's I have to say true. It. So if you need to do some holiday shopping, birthdays, just want to get. By the way, guys, your boy's birthday October 30th, a little more than a month. So if you're looking to to, to get me a little something, Charlie, hint, hint, wink, wink, like you know, Alumni Hall might help you out. Just saying, just saying, just putting that out there. You don't have to get anything. You don't anything. have everything. You don't have to get the, me anything. You don't have everything in the store yet. Everything's a strong word, Charlie. They're constantly getting new, great, awesome stuff, and I need that stuff right. too. Well, for those of you out there that are starting your Christmas shopping, use Alumni Hall. I really love when you order online, and then even when you pick it up at the store, they always have like a nice. They usually have like a nice envelope. Oh, they they give you a nice little card. Yes. It's wrapped perfectly. It's like you're opening literally like you're opening a Christmas gift. It's incredible. And that's why you really like to shop there too, isn't um, it? They're just awesome, Charlie. It's like they treat me far better than I deserve to be treated. So make sure, if you guys, if you're in the need, for, if you're in the market for any Georgia stuff, Alumni Hall. It's a no-brainer because that is where the Bulldogs shop. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right, Charlie, we teased this long enough. I mean, what was that? Two, three minutes? What a tease. 
I'm going to come back to the Clemson-NC State game. What was the play you had on it? Under 43. Under 43. You know what, Charlie? I'm taking a side on this one. Give me Clemson minus six and a half. This this is another example of me having to adjust my preseason expectations. For most of the preseason, I thought that I was going to go with NC State to win the ACC Atlantic and win the ACC title. But as I got closer to the season, I started to have some second thoughts there. So I kind of second guessed myself. And now that I've seen both these teams in action, I am reversing that kind of initial preconceived idea. I am going to take Clemson here because this is the spot, I believe, where Clemson flexes. Clemson is 19-7-1 against the spread against top 10 teams under Dabo Swinney. They are 9-2 against the spread under Dabo against ACC teams. That are, I should say top 10 ACC teams. NC State is only 4-12 against the spread in row games since the start of 2019. Every one of those trends points to Clemson in this game. That's why I say this is the game where they typically flex. And I know I told you all offseason that I could not unsee what I saw from the Clemson offense last year. And that's true because they were so bad. But now that I've seen this version of Clemson, I'm starting to unsee it a little bit. They're kind of, sort of, possibly a little bit figuring it out on offense. Don't get me wrong. They're still not dynamic on offense. DJ Uwe Ungalale is still not great. He's still very erratic. He still misses a lot of open guys wildly at times. But they're using him how he should be used more. Last year, he was just too fat. I'm just going to be honest. He was too big, and he couldn't move at all. But he's dropped some weight, and they're using him more in the quarterback run game. And that's been the most effective part of their entire offense, to be quite honest with you, because he's a big physical guy. The defensive line is back for Clemson. They might get some DBs back. You know, they, I think they had two starters and one backup out last week against Wake Forest. That's one of the reasons that Wake Forest is able to put up so many points, and they were just picking on guys play after play after play. But it looks like they might get some of those DBs back. But even if not, NC State is just not equipped to take advantage of that the way that Wake Forest was with their ability to throw the football down the field with Sam Hartman and that assortment of receivers that he has. This is at Clemson, at night, in a revenge game spot. We know NC State beat them in overtime last year in Raleigh. The Clemson defense was embarrassed last week. You know they want to get back on track. This is where Clemson flexes. I hate the NC State offense. They have no idea what they want to do. They really, they're not good at running the football. They can't run the football with any sort of efficiency, but they still run it more than 50% of the time. I really like this one, guys. This is another game I'm going to put multiple units on, probably three or four units on this one for Clemson minus six and a half. You might want to get this one before that jumps to seven. I have a feeling it's going to jump to seven. So get it while you can. My boogie, promo code UGA. Come on, guys. You know the drill. All right. This is my last pick for this week before we get to the upset special and parlay. Uh, Georgia Tech. Jeff Collins is out. Oof. Rough. We know Lane Dion's Kiffin. Dion's coming, Charlie. Dion's Lane, coming. Lane Kiffin didn't even want to score on him anymore the other week. Serious um, question real quick for you. Serious question. Should Georgia Tech just shut down their football program? I mean, this, I'm a dead serious, Charlie. Like, why do they have one? Well, they, they did don't get care. Rid of that. No one cares. Well, they did get rid of the athletic director also. So that No one cares, Charlie. Like, they're all fans. Yeah, like, I don't, I do their players even care? Like, it's weird. Like, they don't commit to it. It's weird. Anyway, it's not going to happen, but just, just musing there. Okay. So, Georgia Tech is playing at Pitt. I'm taking Pitt minus 23 and a half. Can't hate that one, Charlie. Cannot hate that one. Tech just, dear God, they suck so much. They suck. Um, all right, I like that, Charlie. I'm going to go, here's my last one before we get to the upset specials on our parlays. I'm going to go back out to the West Coast. I got a lot of West Coast games this week, Charlie. I'm going to go out to the West Coast and I'm going to take Wazoo. I'm going back to the Palouse, Charlie. I'm going to take Wazoo, Washington State. Minus four at home against Cal. I did watch Washington State for the first time last week. Now, this is a game that I lost. I, I It was under like 57 and a half maybe. And it ended up being like in the 80s. But it was close for a while. The fourth quarter, they, Oregon exploded in the fourth quarter. I mean, they scored like three or four touchdowns in that quarter. But for a while, they looked like that under was going to hit. I was wrong. But I watched Washington State play for the first time. And even though they lost that game, they blew it late. I came away impressed, especially with quarterback Cam Ward, who I'd heard a lot about coming in from Incarnate Word as a as an FCC, FCS All-American last year, coming along with his offensive coordinator to the Palouse. And I had heard a lot about him, but I had not seen him play. I watched him play, and Charlie, he is the real deal. He's very, very good. They have some good receivers defensively. They've been really good defensively until last week, and Bo Nix threw for like 400 yards at the career day, which, man, Bo Nix, Charlie, putting together back-to-back good games. Who would ever thought? Didn't know he had it in him. But... Even despite the loss there, despite blowing the game late to Oregon, I still came away pretty impressed with Washington State. Cal, I watched a little bit of that game. 
against Notre Dame. I haven't seen a ton of Cal, so there's that, guys. I'll put that out there. I've not seen a ton of Cal. I haven't seen a lot of both these teams, but I have watched Washington State, seen a little bit of Cal. I think Cal's in a lot of respect for that Notre Dame loss. It was an almost win. They lost, what, by six points? I think it was like 23-17. I think they're getting too much respect for that right now. I think Washington State's just a better team at home. I think this is a bounce-back spot for Washington State. I love Cam Ward. They're better at quarterback than Cal is, and that's a big deal in games like this with tight spreads. So give me Washington State minus four at home over Cal. All right, you want to give us your upset special? That I will, Charlie. I'm. This is a slight upset special. I really like to try to pick a bigger upset special, but this week, after last week, Charlie, I just want to win. I want a winner. I want to get back on the win streak here. So I'm going to take a slight upset here. Give me Oklahoma State, who right now, at least last time I looked, was a three-point underdog on the road at Baylor. Give me Oklahoma State to win outright. I just don't trust this Baylor offense, Charlie. I really don't. I mean, they were fine last week, shaping through for a couple touchdowns, but they don't have the running backs. They don't have Tyquan Thornton at receiver. So give me Oklahoma State, even though their defense has been bad. Give me Oklahoma State to cover, to, to win outright, not just cover, to win outright at Baylor. All right. Well, I'm going to take Texas Tech over Kansas State on Saturday. Oh, so you're fading Kansas State after the big win. Yeah. That's, that's Charlie, honestly, that's a, that's a good play because they did just lose to Tulane at home a couple weeks ago. Yes. So let's, you know, who is Kansas State? Like, will Which the real I did Kansas get State that stand game up? right, too. You did get I that did one right. I mean, week three, you killed it. I mean, you yeah. almost had a perfect week, Charlie. But last Not week, so much last week. Yeah, you know, it's, it's sports betting. You can't win them all. Um, parlay, parlay time? Yep. All right, guys. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little bit more conservative this time. I'm going with four, a four leg parlay as opposed to a five. I won the five leg parlay two weeks ago. Didn't work out. Missed one last week. I'm going with a four leg parlay, and I'm taking all money lines here. Now, some of these are, are tight money lines, but. I'm going all money lines. Give me Michigan, Washington State, LSU, and Clemson to all win. If you bet that, guys, it's going to pay out at plus 225. I like this parlay, guys. I'm actually going to go pretty heavy on this one myself. Charlie, what you got? All right, I took the money line, too. Only three games in this one. I have LSU, Michigan, and Clemson. So I have three of your four. So you just didn't go with Washington State. Correct. Do you just want to double up on it, Charlie? Throw Washington State in there? Nope. Nope, you don't. Nope. You see me lose yep. one leg of a bet far too often. Yeah, watch what. If I swear to God, if Washington State's the one that I lose, please God, just whatever. I'm sure that's what's going to happen. But uh, all right, no more picks. All right, let's. You want to recap? Yes, we need recaps. People want recaps, Charlie. All right, so for my picks, Michigan minus ten and a half at Iowa, Kentucky at Ole Miss uh, over fifty four and a half, Illinois plus seven at Wisconsin. Navy at Air Force taking the under at 37 and a half, which is probably a horrible mistake, but... Charlie, the numbers speak for themselves on that one. Yeah, I know. Don't don't second guess yourself. It'll be my luck that they, like, push or something. You know what, Charlie? After last week, you're due some luck. You're due some luck. Maybe. Um, Oklahoma State at Baylor taking the over at 54 and a half. Rutgers plus 40 and a half at Ohio State. Uh, Virginia Tech at UNC taking UNC minus nine. Um, taking LSU minus nine at Auburn, that pr- might, he might get fired on Monday. I mean, if it's a bad loss, like if they get blown out, yeah. yeah. Um, then at NC State's playing at Clemson, I'm taking the under 43. And then finally, Georgia Tech at Pitt minus 23 and a half. All right. Do I want you want me to read mine or are you going to read mine? You can read your own. I can? All right. I mean, I'm- I wrote all of them down. Did you though? I did. All right, the handy dandy notebook. I've got Kentucky plus seven at Ole Miss, a late addition to the card. Give me Mississippi State minus three and a half at home versus Texas A&M. I don't love the hook, but I'm gonna go with it anyway because I think they're the better team. I also like Charlie. Have LSU minus nine at Auburn. Charlie, what if they? You just put the thought in my mind. What if they do fire Brian Harson after this game and they come into Athens next week with no Brian Harson? That'd be weird. But hey, whatever. Would you rather them have Brian Harson? And have the turmoil. And I mean, still either be, way, it's I'd just... rather them ha- still have him because just like the toxicity of that. I would. I'd rather them not fire him. So we'll see what happens. I got Houston on Friday night minus two and a half over Tulane. Give me Michigan minus ten and a half at Iowa. Give me Michigan at Iowa under forty two. Fading the Hawkeye offense, guys. Give me Illinois at Wisconsin. Also a low under. Give me under forty three on this one. Washington Huskies minus three in the Rose Bowl. Give me, also let Charlie, Navy at Air Force. I'm playing the odds here, guys. I'm playing the numbers. Under 37 and a half. 39, 9, and 1 since 2005. Service Academy games coming into last year. Give me Minnesota, who's just killing people. Minus 12 and a half versus Purdue. Uh, Oregon State. 
Give me the Beavs plus 10.5 on the road at Utah. Give me over 51.5 in the North Carolina-Virginia Tech game. My parlay, once again, is LSU, Michigan, Clemson, and Washington State all to win on the money line. My upset special, give me Oklahoma State on the road in Waco to win outright as a three-point underdog. Charlie, you got your parlays here? Did you forget that part? Well, we had just gone over them. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's we're recapping. Right. Okay. Upset special, Texas Tech over Kansas State. Parlay includes LSU, Michigan, Clemson. I got a good feeling this week, Charlie. I feel like we're going to get back on track. We're going to get back on the winning track here, guys. So again, one last time, one last reminder. We got more winners for you this week. Put these picks to use at MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code UGA. Do it right now, guys. You have until Friday at 11.59 p.m. And then the promo is over once we hit the month of, the month of October. So we want you guys to get on the action now and be with us for the rest of the season. But, Charlie, I appreciate your picks. I am going to be heading out. I got I to pack, Charlie. I got to get out of here. I got to go pack. And, um, yeah, I got a long trip ahead of me here. I'm excited about this one. I love Columbia, Missouri. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So, um, Charlie, I hope you enjoy your college football weekend. All of our listeners out there, we love you guys. So, if you guys have a fantastic college football weekend as well. And, of course, as always, go dogs. <laughs>